Welcome to The Messy Path, where we're navigating through the messy journey to soulful relationships. I'm Ariel, a rapid transformational therapist. And I'm Whitney, an intuitive relationship coach. We believe that through sharing our experiences and passion for relationships, we can guide women on their unique paths. That together we can show the variety of paths life takes to finding your true connection and way of being in life. Join us as we share in the mess and expand on our journey towards soulful relationships. Welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, today, we are getting to know Whitney a little bit better. Uh, Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I'm Ariel, and so you can kind of get to know our voices, and this is Whitney. Yeah. Hi, everybody. It's fun to be here and to be doing this. And we're kind of taking some time at the beginning of this podcast series to introduce a little bit of our stories um, so you can get to know where we're coming from a little bit more. So Whitney, why don't you first tell us about, you know, what you do, where you are, how old you are, you know, just kind of those, that basic checklist. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm an intuitive relationship coach and I work with women, individuals who identify as women on connecting to their intuition in order to ground themselves better in relationships of all kinds. So um, I kind of work in two different veins uh, with the same skill set. One kind of area of client work that I do is getting women connected to themselves and their intuition. Uh, typically, these are folks that might have had connection and it kind of fell away just due to life's messiness or they're kind of earlier on their journey with their intuition and they really want to do some deep work and connect more and learn how to use their intuition in their daily lives as well as relationships. Um, and then I also work with women who um, are really focused on external relationships and want to show up better as their grounded intuitive self in those relationships. So we work on um, kind of pattern changing, rewiring processes and thoughts in the, in the mind um, and then applying who you truly are in those relationships as opposed to living out like stigmas and, you know, kind of forced perceptions that you think you need to be living. So that's the fun work I do. I love uh, that. Yeah, I'm located in um, Moose, Wyoming, which is inside Grand Teton National Park. Um, so amazing. It, it's so my soul. Yeah, it's my soul's happy place. And I manifested moving out here two years ago. Um, we'll talk about that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I'm so glad to be here and to be reconnected out here. Um, and I'm 33 right now. I'm about, I'm turning 34 soon and it's, that's my lucky number. So I'm super excited about that. When's your birthday? What sign are you? I'm a Libra, September 30th. Oh, okay. Awesome. That's cool. That's something. I don't know how I didn't know that already, but we're at the <laughs> beginning of our relationships eat too. So, which is fun. Everyone can grow along with us. Yes, Absolutely. Um, I'm a Pisces, which I think oh, okay. is like, oh, duh. <laughs> I'm a Pisces named Ariel. It's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> that is very like spot yeah, on. I love it. I don't think I know any Pisces that well. I'm excited yeah. to learn all about Pisces things now. <laughs> so Whitney, when did you start your spiritual or personal development journey? Oh, man. Um, it started quite young for me. I was lucky to be raised by a mother who was super open to all of this. She was like going to Neil Donald Walsh like retreats when I was 10 and bringing home the conversations with God books and um, doing all of that work herself. And I kind of just started cherry picking stuff that she would share with me uh, 
So I'd say probably like 13, 14, I started really getting into it. Um, and then of course high school hit and I just got boy obsessed and relationship obsessed and like left a lot of that work behind. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I really got realigned with it. I would say in college, um, definitely my first like deep romance and love. Um, he was actually a, a soulmate and we had like some past life stuff to, to clean up together. Um, so we were together for a little bit and, um, you know, I thought I was going to marry him and that was it. And it was lovely. And then, um, the universe came and told me to slow the F down via getting run over by a Buffalo. Um, Whoa, is- what? <laughs> <laughs> I did not realize. How did I miss that? <laughs> Story share. You got run um, over by a Buffalo. I got run over by a bison when I asked for a sign from the universe and then sassed the universe and it gave me a bigger, more deadlier sign. Yeah. Cause so, I was going to say, I thought Buffalo was your like universe sign. And here it is like, like to have even just that, like have the Buffalo being your sign, but have you been like run over, like trampled by them, like these huge, yeah. massive beasts and yeah. like, wow. And to still have a positive like framework about Buffalo oh, after yeah. like what I'm guessing was a near death experience spiritually yeah. and metaphysically, you know, yeah. if not actually physically. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah it was a- getting run over by the universe. Yeah, totally. So I, I was dating the guy then, um, we had been together for a while and I was like, I think it was, that was really the start of my like adult awakening of Mm. saying, of like really questioning everything I was doing. Like, why am I majoring in the major that I have? What do I really want to do? I felt all of this pressure to like have all of the answers right then because that's Mm -hmm. just very much who I am as a manifesto. So this is when you were in in college. Yeah, I think I was 20. Um, So yeah, this was like 13 years ago. Were Um, you in college in Michigan where you're from or where were you? I was in Michigan um, in college, but it was summer break. So I was out here in Jackson in Wyoming um, working and we were getting ready to go back to Michigan and like road trip back. And I was with my boyfriend at the time um, and we were hiking along the Snake River and I was in the middle of like my first of multiple quarter life crises. Um, and so I was like, why yeah, don't so the quarter life crisis. <laughs> it's, it's, honestly, it's like a good purge. It's like, you know, doing yeah. like a detox. Um, so I asked him to just kind of hike along and I was like, you know, I'm going to like journal and just kind of sit and pray. And this was like before I had a meditation practice or anything. Um, and so I journaled for a little bit and just was feeling really lost about like what I wanted to major in and feeling really stressed about like having to grow up and like figure my stuff out. And, um, so I, I decided I'd take a nap and I, as I was falling asleep, I was like, okay, universe, give me a sign when I wake up of like what I need to do. And I woke up like, you know, a little bit later and looked down on my stomach and there was a ladybug on my stomach. And I said out loud, like, that's a BS sign. (laughs) I "I don't want a tiny ladybug. Like, what is that? Um, And over to my left, as I say that I hear this like kind of rumbling in the trees that are like Mm -hmm. yards away from me. And a bison walks out, a buffalo walks out from the trees. And I'm like, F yes, that's my sign. I'm so stoked. Like, this is it. I cannot wait to like, go learn about the bison. Um, And as I'm getting excited about this, I'm also realizing I'm super exposed. Like I'm not near any trees. I'm like right on the bank of this river that is like a steep fall down about four feet into like the Snake River, which is massive. Um, And the bison sees me and I'm like, oh crap. Like I grew up 
out in Wyoming, like spending time out here. So I know what to do for like bears and wolves and like cougars. I have no idea what to do for a bison. So I just sit there and like scurry behind this tiny little shrub and he comes running at me and charges me. And at the very last second, oh my gosh. I was like, I can scream and possibly scare him more. And then he'll really like gore me and I could be dead mm-hmm. or I could scream and maybe it'll scare him. So I finally, and this all happens in like 10 seconds. I scream and I close my eyes and I fall backwards and I open my eyes and he's right on top of me. Like his head is oh my over God. me. My hands are in between his horns. I literally have like a tuft of buffalo fur that I keep by my bed oh from my like, holding on to him. And he just looked at me and snorted and jumped over me and ran across the river. And that was that. And I was like, I'm never sassing the universe for a sign again. Like yeah. whatever sign I get first. Wow. Is the sign Crank I get. it yeah. up a notch. Yeah. And so that was my You yeah. want more? We'll give you more. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's like that's it. Oh my and god. Total spiritual yeah. experience. Wow. Totally. So yeah. And bison's been with me ever since. And and the bison totem is all about moving at your own pace and not rushing what's happening Mm. Um, and knowing to move with the seasons and only using force when absolutely necessary. And it's just, it's so perfect for me because I'm constantly like, okay, we got to do this and this and this, like, you know, me, I'm very like organized, like Mm -hmm. what do we have to do next? Um, And yeah, that lesson was just so deeply ingrained in me and I still lean on it. Like to take it slow that like taking it when I think of bison I think like how mighty they are right Mm -hmm. they look like moving mountains um Mm -hmm. that have this soft you know that has a bristly but soft like exterior unlike a mountain you know and it's like here they are but it's like take your time we are mighty yeah Yeah. um wow that that is quite the sign yeah (laughs) yeah that was so that was like the like the real kickstart of my spiritual journey. And then of course I kind of sort of listened to it, kind of sort of didn't um, and kept moving through my life and had the rug pulled out from under me a couple other times. Um, Yeah. But bison's always been there to kind of say like slow and steady. So cool. So Mm -hmm. cool. So what does the messy path or doing the work mean to you or look like to you? To me, it's about like playing in the sandbox of life. Like you might have those moments, those awakenings of being run over by a bison or just having like a real powerful kind of exchange with the universe and saying, okay, yeah, I I have clarity on my path now. And then if you're really doing it and you're really honoring what's going on for you, you will inevitably hit more mess. Mm -hmm. And it's your job to just show up in the mess and just say, okay, I'm going to let myself be kind of swept up by this for a minute, but it's not going to become me. Like, it's not going to identify me, um, at, you know, as whatever the mess might be. And so it's, it's really about allowing yourself the grace to really get into the human craziness of it all, to be sad, to be depressed, to be happy, to be maybe making relationship choices that aren't healthy for you. Maybe you're like, kind of just dating around and having one night stands and playing those games. And I definitely did that and I needed it on my journey. Mm -hmm. And so it's about allowing yourself that space to do those things, but then also listening to the universe and listening to your intuition for when you get that note of like, okay, it's time to like really synthesize the lesson and move forward on your path. So it's this beautiful dance between like letting yourself be messy and be a human. And then also 
being in the observer role of saying, okay, you've done that. You've played that. Now it's time to like move forward to the next growth period. Yeah. Yeah. So what was that, you know, like turning point for you? So here we have the, the huge bison moment, but then mm -hmm. saying, you know, you still had to go back to college, finish the rest of your vacation, go back to college, be in Michigan and have that part of your life unfold. And you mm -hmm. kind of touched on, there were still a lot of other things. What was kind of the, the turning point when you fully gave into to personal development or or becoming the amazing intuitive relationship coach, you know, you are today, you know, taking that, yeah. that path. Um, it was leaving my fiance a few years ago, my ex fiance, um, which was the boyfriend at the, the bison vacation. No, different, no. different. Boyfriend. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so that was, that was, um, Andy was his name. Um, lovely human. And we're, we still chat on occasion. Um, and then there was another guy, that was more serious at the end of college. Well, right after I graduated college and moved out here and we immediately connected and like had this whole plan of moving to Chicago and living the big city life. Cause I thought that's what I wanted. And then that ended up ending not well. That was the universe pulling the rug out from under me in the mm -hmm. span of two weeks. I lost my job and he broke up with me. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just like clean slate. You need to move home, figure your stuff out. Um, but then it wasn't until my 30th birthday, so only three years ago, that I, I really recommitted to, to this work. I get, God, it was only three years ago. Like I'm, I'm trying to think of like flow group and like my moments with like listening and tuning in with Jess Lively and like all of that, that was like, yeah, three or four years ago. Yeah. Um, and so choosing to leave uh, the guy that I was engaged to, um, we were together for four years and the whole, that whole phase of my life, I had kind of done what I had done twice before again, which was hmm. settle back into like the traditional roles of, you know, kind of Americana. Like I had a good corporate job. I had a, a nice person that I was engaged to and, um, he ticked a lot of the boxes, but on a lot of levels, we weren't right for each other. Um, I had a lovely group of friends. I still have a lovely group of friends there, but I was really living that like middle-class Midwest lifestyle and yeah. like totally dialed into it. Like, okay, we'll buy a house in the suburbs or some cute neighborhood and we'll have kids and I'll just keep progressing at my job. And I was wildly unfulfilled, but not allowing myself to be to, to realize that. And, um, you know, I was numbing out by drinking a lot and like just, you know, going out to concerts and like really just spending money and doing things to make myself try to feel better. And I, I got this bee in my bonnet. Um, when I was 29, like I'm going to climb the grand Teton, which is out here where I live now. And, um, I had never wanted to before, but I just kind of got this like urge that I couldn't deny. And I was mm -hmm. like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to climb it. Um, and I have like zero mountaineering experience. Like I've climbed some mountains, but they weren't technical. And like, I could, you know, just walk up them. Which like even breakdown in that, right. Is, is hearing or feeling the urge, right. Mm -hmm. Which is something that I think is so difficult to, to describe, but it's like a thought that comes up that becomes persistent where your body is like, I must do this. And it's like, it's like needing um, a chocolate bar during your period, but to like, <laughs> to like to a like very dramatic level. <laughs> Absolutely. Know, like, um, and you, yeah. you need this for, for your body, but really for your soul. And, yeah. and then 
taking the aligned action to actually do it, right? To say, yes. okay, here I am, don't have that much mountaineering experience, but I'm doing this and, yes. and trusting in yourself, trusting in the universe and like taking those steps. So, yes. so now you're, you're going out there, you're, you're, you're going to hike the mountain. Yeah. Which is a huge so, deal. <laughs> I love the grandeur of your story, right? <laughs> big bison, it's, big mountain. Well, yeah, yeah. Big, yeah. When the universe gives me signs, it doesn't hold back. Um, even though I've asked it to in recent years, I'm like, you could just give me nudges now. I think I, I know. <laughs> I'll go back now. to ladybugs. <laughs> yeah, I'll go back. To, we can downshift the ladybugs. Um, and yeah, so I trained for a long time and uh, my fiance at the time was going to climb it with me and we had been having trouble for a while in our relationship. And I just wasn't, I wasn't willing to like figure it out or admit to it. Mm -hmm. um, and I had asked and we had like tried to do some stuff and like work through stuff together, but it just wasn't clicking and wasn't flowing. And instead of allowing that not flow to happen and to be redirected elsewhere, I just pushed and forced because I felt like I couldn't change course. I felt like I had invested so much time into this relationship. I had actually lost a really close friend over it um, because she she knew that we weren't good together. And instead mm. of being able to say that to me, she really struggled with it too. So I felt like, okay, if I've lost a friend over this, like I can't, like, I can't lose this relationship. This has to be the relationship. And oh, by the way, we started dating when I was like 26. So I was already paranoid that like my eggs were all going to be dried up and I wasn't going to be able to have babies and like all those stressors. All um, those stories, all, all those, those old stories. outdated stories. Right. Yeah. And I think especially... Yeah in the, the Midwest, I remember saying to someone um, who was from the East Coast of that kind of same kind of pressure that I felt. And it's just, it's just in the vibration of, of areas. And, um, and she was from the, the East Coast and is like, no one's even thinking about getting married until their early 30s. Yeah. And I'm like, where? Like what? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, like, where is this magical I could have gotten married two years ago if I, you know, like right, right? now, you yeah. know, and it's like, uh, and that was five years ago. And it's like, yeah. And it's like, this is such a stale old story, but it's still mm -hmm. so in, embedded in, in the vibration of the culture, at least in, I'm from Wisconsin in our kind of Midwest area as well. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so prevalent there. So yeah, I was not feeling great. And um, the, my ex at the time wasn't training at all. So he didn't do any of the training that I did. And I was like, this mountain's going to kick your ass. And, you know, and we start out and he was doing okay. And then um, we got to the technical part on the second day and he was struggling. And the guide who's like a famous mountaineering guide, like has multiple first summits to his name, like is a fucking badass. He, he whispered to me, he's like, I'll be the bad guy. Like, if, do you really want to climb nice. this? And I was like, I'm, I'm going to climb this mountain. Yeah. And, and he suggested that my ex at the time go back, um, or my, my ex now, go back to the base camp and we'd meet up with him later. And so I went on and climbed it by myself and it was scary. And I knew I couldn't let the overwhelm of the moment of leaving him behind in that mm -hmm. moment, like, get to me like right. I just had to like I was just gonna say even yeah. that in itself you know that I think for women so much it's like oh well you know he needs to climb the mountain or or yeah. you know the at best we need to do it together right exactly. and I think that's such an urge for women is like if if they're not we're not leading the way we're doing it together and here you are stepping up and literally so much out of your box stepping up 
the mountain and doing it yourself. That's amazing. Yeah, it was, it was really something. And he knew, he, he knew in a minute, he was like, we're not going to break up. Are we? We're not done. Are we? And he's asking me all these questions. I'm like, I got a mountain to climb. I'm not in the headspace to have relationship conversations with you. So I went up and I did it and it was so beautiful. he knew too. This I was a break. This was a break in, in, it, it was a, such a symbol for where you were with your relationship energetically together as well. Absolutely. Of, yeah, you were doing the work, you were preparing and he like wasn't, and he wasn't yeah. going to make it. Yeah. And I got up to the top and I was able to call my grandfather who was um, alive at the time and in the hospital. Um, and he, he was the one that like introduced our family to this corner of the world and like loves it you know, he gave me the love for this place. And Mm -hmm. so it was so special to have that moment calling him on top of the mountain and talking about the climb and, you know, all the stuff that now we had a shared experience in. And I realized then I was like, I cannot, I cannot live my life with somebody who can't step into the uncomfortable places with me. And I can't live my life with somebody who isn't willing to do the work alongside of me. Yeah. And I, even if they don't want to go on the exact same journey as me, I need somebody who is cheering me on, not asking me if it's okay if they don't, you know, cause it was kind of mm-hmm. always an excuse wheel with him. Like there mm-hmm. was never just like outright support in like, yeah, you go girl. And mm-hmm. I knew I needed that. I knew I wanted so much more than like a corporate desk job and, you know, living for vacation. So that was really the big, big break in Shortly thereafter, we went home and it was the evening of my 30th, the eve before my 30th birthday. And I officially ended things with him. We called off our engagement like a week prior and um, I canceled my party and just said, I need to, I need to just restart. And so my 30th birthday was just the first day of this life. And I'm so lucky that I got to make that happen and, and, and allow that timing to be because for me I always feel like my birthday is New Year's like Mm -hmm. I don't really like New Year's Eve that much but my birthday always feels like this is the start of the next year for me Mm -hmm. and I literally couldn't envision walking into my birthday party with my ex like I I couldn't in like imagine it at all and I was like well that's my sign like if I didn't need any more of one. Um, and while all this was happening, I was also reawakening parts of myself. Like yeah. I started horseback riding again. I was doing uh, yoga again. Mm-hmm. I was meditating and all of it kind of came together and gave me that support system of the passions that I had in my life and, and learning how to support my soul in this life. And then, and shifting focus from not just having, you know, this guy, any guy, right. Be your sole passion, your sole purpose, which is so easy to do, especially as women, you know, as you turn your attention towards something, you know, there's always that, that newness, that excitement of learning and growing about someone, but not to have lost your passions and to find that balance and, and make the shift toward, towards your soul care too. Awesome. Absolutely. And that's where the work that I do now is totally motivated from because mm-hmm. I realized reflecting back on that in the months that followed that breakup, um, that I was not myself. Mm-hmm. I was myself in very vague ways and very like surface level. Like I like the color blue and, you know, I like to go to the beach and like the frivolous stuff, the desire stuff of my like needs, wants and desires work, mm-hmm. but I wasn't living out any of my soul level needs mm-hmm. or wants that I wanted in that moment of my life. I was only living out the desires, the sprinkles on top and to, to realize that and then to start processing through it and say, wow, 
how do I create a version of myself that is so anchored in my truth, in my soul, that no person, no job, yes. no situation yes. can waver me. Yes. Like, and so I, that's the work I set out to do. And I am so beautifully her and so thankful to continue to do the work to allow me to be her. And I attracted the job that fits me perfectly. I attracted the career of life coaching that like makes me so fulfilled and happy to work yeah. with women on You're this. just so joyful. And like every time you talk or every time you share something about your job, I mean, you can feel that coming from Whitney. Yeah. And I, and then I found my partner too. Like I found this man that like totally gets me, gives me the space and the energy to do the things that I love to do. And then he pushes me too. Like he literally pushes me up mountains all the time. We went rock climbing last weekend and he's like, you can do this. Like, stop, don't quit. Like take a minute, hang out on the rope and keep climbing. Like, you know, you can do this. And that's what I needed. That's what I wanted. And you just, wow. I mean, the, the comparison work. just in that, the comparison just in that, like same story now going rock climbing and having someone who's like yeah come on like you can do this and yeah. instead of having to fall back themselves like yeah, yeah huge huge change huge change that came from you that mm -hmm. came from your point of attraction your self-care your vibrational energy you know shifting that around that's awesome yeah. with me with the with the breakup the, the you know the grand teton the the breakup the 30th birthday would you consider that like the most chaotic time when you leaned into trusting yourself and like, what did that, what did that look or I mean, you kind of said what it looked like, but what did that feel like, like in your body or if there was a different time, you know, yeah, that that was. Yeah. That's such a great question. Cause I felt leading up to that climb. And then of course, right after it felt like the, cause we climbed like two weeks before my 30th birthday. So, um, that like month around the climb in my birthday, I was crawling out of my skin. Like mm. I would wake up in the morning and just want to be moving at mock speed immediately. Because if I sat still for too long, I would think about all the things I didn't want that were in my life. Mm. And I didn't want to allow myself that. So I would like get up, go to the gym, run as fast as I fucking could on a treadmill and, you know, just like move, 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 go to work, work at mock speed, be constantly busy. I constantly had stimulus around me, like listening to the news or a podcast or music. And it was always loud. It was, I was literally trying to drown myself out. And then once I got home from the climb, my skin was crawling, just being in my house with my ex. Like I, I couldn't comfortably be there. And I would find any excuse to like take longer at the barn before and after a lesson. Um, like go get lunch by myself before I went to therapy. Like I used any excuse to like stay out of the house. And I just, I couldn't feel my place in any part of my day, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Like there was no moment when I felt rooted. And then I started breaking holes in that by meditating and by horseback riding more. And, that, and then those became those little moments of like grounding in my day. And then the second I got out of those, I was like, frantic again. Mm. Even though I felt a little bit better because I meditated, I still, I was not vibrating with anything that was in my life anymore. And I didn't know how to release it because I was so scared of like, I had no idea what was on the other side. I couldn't afford the house we were living in by myself, but I, I made it happen. I dug into my savings and figured it out and was able to get out of the contract and, you know, find another more affordable apartment. But I had no idea what I was going to do. And it finally got to the point where it was like, I don't need to know what 
two steps down the road looks like. I just need to know the next step. Yes. And that's, and that's yeah. the work I've been doing ever since is just what's the next right step for me? Okay. It's, it's ending this relationship. Don't worry about who moves out. Don't worry about who moves out when, like, or who takes the couch or whatever. What's the next right step? And just go down that road. And, and that's what I did. And that gave me so much support in that time. Because every time I took the next right step, every time I took what felt drawn to me, it, it felt more like me. My skin got less crawly. I felt like I could just be in a space by myself. I like started to slow down a little bit. And it was just such a beautiful progression of coming back down is kind of what it felt like, like coming back down for a landing in my life and like grounding there and saying, okay, mm -hmm. now I get to create what I want in this space that I cleared. That's, that's awesome. So where do you consider yourself right now on your path? What do those kind of next few steps look like for you or, or where are you now? Um, I have no idea where I am because I don't really know where this is going. Like it's, you know, it's really beautiful, but that's, that's the fun part that I get to be in. I think I'm far enough down my path now that I've been able to reconcile a lot of the patterns that I needed to change a lot of the like mental chatter that I needed to cancel out and like reframe. Um, and now I get to help other people do that. I get to mm -hmm. teach this and that makes me so happy and so inspired. And I don't know what's coming next. Like I love this podcast. I love that we connected and that we're growing our own little thing. And I love that like yeah, my, my relationship with my partner's amazing. And, you know, my family relationships are shifting in such a positive way. And like, everything is great. And I have no idea where it's leading. And it's, instead of being a scary idea that I don't know what the end goal is, it's excitement. Because I have a bunch of little passions that are happening right now. Like I'm working on a book and I've got coaching and I'm growing my business. And that's really all I'm looking at right now. Because I know the next thing will unfold when it's ready. Mm -hmm. And in that, you're still having those, those learning steps, those learning processes. You know, we touched a little bit on it um, last week, but you had had, you know, another kind of near-death experience kayaking yeah. on a river, you know, and it's like, okay, what was that check-in? What was that, you know, growth step for you? And so, um, you know, I want to say like in knowing you and knowing our relationship and what we've talked about, it's like you didn't, you're not you know, hanging your hat on the hook. You're not like, yep, got it. You know, yep. you're still like making those steps, listening, growing, expanding. And it's like, that's, we're not done, right? We're not done with this work. Whitney's not done with this work, but we're like always stepping forward and, and moving forward and, and growing more. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think there will always be challenging times. Like that's why we created the mm -hmm. messy path. Like right. your path is always going to be messy while you're doing the human thing on earth. Mm -hmm. And regardless of what you think comes after this, like the human experience is a messy one. And mm -hmm. it's your job to just know your truth and do no harm and, and follow the lessons that are unfolding in your life. Like that's, it's that simple. Yeah. So how would you describe your spiritual beliefs? Ooh, um, that's such a good question. I was raised Christian. Um, and very early on, my mom basically told us like, you know, there's hundreds of other religions and spiritual ways of thinking. And we're raising you in this like 
this one because it's what we were raised in, but mm-hmm. we don't even ascribe to all of the beliefs of Christianity. So like you're kind of getting this base level education and then you go do you and like figure yourself That's out. Awesome. It was, it was really nice. So there were days when it was like, okay, we're not going to go to church this Sunday, but let's read about like native American spirituality of like the awesome. Anishinaabe people, which were the people that lived in Michigan originally. Um, yeah. So we, we got to really play with things. And so I very early on just started like picking up what felt right to me and mm-hmm. I believe in a higher power. I call it the universe or I call it, you know, sometimes I'll call it God. Um, But I believe there is a higher energy. I believe we have souls that are of this planet, but they also are elsewhere when we're not here. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that there, there are even moments and you know, this from my RTT session with you, like I wasn't all here. (laughs) I just kind of came down fully. Like, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of flexibility in the spiritual world right now because of all like the quantum physics studies mm-hmm. that are going on and how beautifully it's aligning with like ancient spiritual traditions. And I, I really think we're souls and we're here and we, we come with a mission or a soul purpose for a given life. Um, and we're, we're here to act it out and to learn from it. And then we get to go back to wherever we are when we're not here. I, have no idea what that is or what that looks like, but I do believe that there's like a, another space that we enter. Um, yeah. And I think it's our job to just be in love and support each other and not fall into the super egoic mind. You know, I think Mm -hmm. there's a reason we as humans have that we need it as we've developed and kind of evolved here on the planet, but, um, it's our job to use our mind as a tool and to not be our mind, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of like a really rough outline of my spiritual beliefs, but I think, I think we're all part of one giant big thing and we deserve to respect each other and be respected and spread love. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your soul space that we saw in our session? Or if you don't want to, like, that's totally okay. But I thought that was really cool. Totally. So in my RTT session with Ariel, we were doing some um, clearing of blockages in romantic relationships, because even though I'm a relationship coach, I still have work to do. Um, so yeah. And that's what I love about this work that we went to this soul space where a part of me was still up. A part of my soul was still up there and it looked like a warehouse if I'm remembering correctly. Mm -hmm. And it, um, yeah, it was just kind of an empty warehouse space and I was like a young version of me and I was androgynous. Like I didn't have a sex assigned. I was in like sneakers and jeans and just had like short hair. And I was kind of peering down towards earth and I didn't want to go. Like I was really scared to make the jump. And it's so funny. Cause like that was me, my entire childhood. Like I, I was always scared to do anything. I was scared to leave the house. I was scared to go to friends' houses. I was scared to make friends. Like I didn't want to climb trees because I could fall and hurt myself. Like I was the most over-analytical scared child on the planet. And so feeling that again and realizing that that really is part of my soul that for so long was scared to come down. And then now to be fully like here and to fully welcome myself and my soul to this planet and this experience feels so inspiring and exciting and I I seriously have more energy since we did that RTT session. Awesome. Like I was in such a funk and then 
we did that and I was like reunited and I just feel better. And so much of that fear of like getting hurt or whatever Mm -hmm. is just gone. Like obviously you still have it to an extent, but yeah. I'll say that that was one of my most like spiritual experiences like of my life was being a guide or anchor for you doing that processing. Because like what we did then was like merge your soul fully from where part of it had gotten stuck, like in this in-between space and merging it fully. And it was like beautiful and amazing. And like having you feel like full and more energized. And um, we also really called upon your spirit guide to help with that. Um, And then we're able to go to your soul space in that as well. This, this beautiful garden. Oh, that soul space. Yeah. Oh my God. I was like, (laughs) I was going to like the in between, but oh my God. Yeah. Like my soul space is my favorite thing. Duh. Um, I'm sorry, Ariel. I like took it to like a little (laughs) me. No, Um, because this is amazing because it showed like the process. So, so we went to the scene being like, why does Whitney feel disconnected? And it was like, oh my gosh, because part of her soul got like stuck in this, in this in-between space. Yeah. We called upon her spirit guide, um, PJ, um, PB, PB, yep. Yep. Um, and which was cool, something that Whitney had connected with a little bit, you know, before that, um, and called upon them to really provide that, that external guidance that, you know, Whitney's subconscious mind from my intuitive senses, like we needed more clarity on, and they were able to say, this is the in-between place. This is what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then I'm pretty sure I asked, you know, where are you full? Where, where yeah. are you safe? Like, where are you loved? And P, PB kind of brought us to this, this beautiful garden that was, to my recollection, was described as like um, a collection of gardens that you've lived in through many lifetimes, mm-hmm. um, which I just thought, I just have these beautiful, beautiful visions of, in my head of like what this, you know, f- felt like and looked like um, yeah. as you described it. Yeah. It's, it's my favorite space. And I still like, I go there to meditate now. Cause it's just, it's so beautiful. It's like a big English garden where like everything's overgrown. And like, I don't know if you watch the movie, the secret garden from like the nineties. Mm-hmm. Yes. It, it's like that. Like, it's just like, everything's wild and tangly and like beautiful bursts of color everywhere and like old stone walls. And I, I like, I've always felt connected to that place. And those PB dreams when I was a little girl, they, they always took place there. And I would go there. So and like, cool. Yeah, PB would be sitting on this bench and I would sit with her and she would tell me things. Um, yeah. And it was Which always- is so magical, like in itself. Like what a big part of your, you know, spiritual journey to have dreams with your spirit guides, you know, and, and have that connection and, and see this beautiful place. And I also like that you're able to have those talismans like in your, your real, your physical plane life, right. By having, you have your beautiful garden candle, um, and flowers and things around you to, to kind of create and hold onto some of that into your incorporate it into your physical space as well, which I think is so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And I, I love all your encouragement about that stuff too, because it's, it's fun to find ways to play with the spiritual parts of yourself that you discover you know, and like mm-hmm. actually bring them into reality, which I think is such a powerful, such powerful reminder. So what have you done to kind of foster that connection with your, your inner guidance with, you know, PB, your spirit guide with, you know, tuning into the universe. It sounds like 
kind of through dreams a little bit and meditation, but what kind of has that process been like for you? Yeah. So I really deliberately keep a morning routine with like small exceptions. Like I, um, I meditate every morning. I do yoga every morning. And then when I really feel in need of connecting, I will get up early and take a walk somewhere. And I'm super lucky that like I can walk out my door and walk down a dirt road and see these amazing mountains and like be basically in the middle of nowhere. And if it's early enough, like nobody's around me. So mm, I, if I can amazing. get into nature, yeah. If I can get into nature and just be alone in nature, like I get downloads, like nobody's business. Like I just hear what I need to hear and I can feel into ideas or kind of sections of my life that I want to work on. Um, so that's, and that's really- how you got the download for this project. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was on a walk and I just asked like, what's next for my business? And I heard like partnership and then Ariel's name popped in my head and I was like, all right, I have no idea what this partnership is going to be about, but let me email Ariel. And she was like, hell yeah. And here we are. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I, I really like to do that kind of stuff. Intuitive writing and journaling is huge um, as well. So like if I'm really stuck, or I know that I have a lot of emotions and, and things to process through, I will just brain dump all of the frustrations, all of the emotions. And then generally once I'm like three or four pages in the writing shifts and the tone shifts in the like structure of the sentences shift. And I know mm-hmm. I'm writing with my intuition and I'm able to then get some answers for myself and kind of process through things. Um, and I use traditional therapy too. I found that the the work of positive psychology, which is huge in traditional therapy now, it's becoming bigger. It it directly aligns with my spiritual beliefs. Like mm-hmm. if you know anything, if you believe anything around law of attraction, positive psychology is that. Like it's yeah. one and the same. And what I really love about positive psychology is it dives in deeper to the human experience because I think it can be kind of hard to accept certain principles of of law of attraction when we're living in a world where you know, people are dying of hunger and abuse and people are getting abducted and put in unmarked cars. And, you know, we still, we have like the Black Lives Matter movement and so much going on with inequality and injustice. And it can be really hard to hear like, well, whatever you believe will come to you. And it's like, yeah, that, that sounds good. That makes sense. But when, when you're not in a place of privilege, it's really hard to hear shit like that and say like, well, I don't believe that my mom should have died of this cause or that, you know, Brianna Taylor should have gotten shot, but that happened. So like, tell me how this works in positive psychology, I think really takes that and like brings it to the next level and says like, well, here's, here's why, and here's how you can use how your brain is structured to, to further your personal growth and your spiritual growth and all of that. And I, yeah. So that's kind of the smattering of stuff that I do to keep myself in alignment and keep moving. Well, um, is there anything that you feel like is like shadows or contrast or mess that's, that's, that you're in like right now? Mm. Um, that's so, that's such a good question. I think my biggest thing that I'm still working with is speed mm. is moving too fast and pushing too hard. Um, I, I always am in that headspace. Like at the beginning of the day, I'm like, okay, I got to do all this stuff. But then without a doubt, I slow myself down and I meditate and I look at my to-do list and I start picking stuff off the to-do list and it's beautifully done and it's done in alignment and it feels good. And so 
taking the time to just slow down and say, okay, you don't need to force things. Like it will unfold and it will come together as it's needed is one of my favorite things about like the work that, that I've been able to do on my personal growth. And I think I'm seeing that right now with my book. Like I wrote this book while I was going through the breakup with my ex fiance and then through dating, I basically mm-hmm. documented my dating life and the choices I made and why I made them the unhealthy That's ones, awesome. the healthy ones. And it, I love it. I'm obsessed with this book and I can't wait to get it out there. Um, and now I'm at a place where I've written the whole thing and I've been pitching it and I'm realizing, okay, I still have some work to do before I can really pitch it well. So I'm like, I'm going to start working with a book coach and an editor. Um, and I love that idea and I know it's the next right step, but there's part of me that's like, just get the book published. Like, hurry, mm-hmm. hurry, hurry. Um, and I'm letting myself just like sit with it. And I actually know a woman who published a book along similar lines. It's, I think it's less self-helpy and her book's more memoir. Um, and she, t- her, her and I met here in this small town that I live in and she's since moved on. Um, but she said, yeah, I self-published because I didn't want somebody to get their story out that was too much like mine before me. And I was like, huh, thanks universe for that sign. Cause I don't believe in that fear. Like I'm not aligning mm-hmm. with that fear. I'm allowing this to just come as it needs to come. And even though it's been a year and it's still not published, I'm like, I'm, I'm in the right spot. I'm finding the right editor. I'm yeah. having discussions that will move this along so it can be its fully fledged self mm-hmm. as opposed to just forcing to get it out. So I beat somebody else to the punch. Like that's not, that's not the way I want to live. No, I mean, that's really like the core of when you did have your download about working with me on a, on a project, uh, to me, the biggest part that resonated was sharing our stories. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when you shared your story, um, you know, earlier this year, you shared a big part of your story on, on Instagram. And I messaged you being like, girl, yes, <laughs> there's so much similar with our stories. Like we need to talk about this more. And that really enhanced our friendship. It really enhanced us working together. That's what really, you know, developed into, you know, you and I doing an RTT session for each other and developed into this and um, in that shared space, which is really what we're trying to create with this podcast, with this community of the messy path is that this isn't, you know, your story one and done. This isn't my story one and done. This is, this is the journey. This is the mess. This is, I think there's such a, a positive space, like a a safe and healing and growing space that's um, enhanced when we share our stories together, when we have that, when we can resonate it. And, and also trusting in yourself, right? In this, this is a huge level of trust in yourself to say, no ego, you can step back, right? I don't need to do this right now. I'm going to let it unfold in, in the time that it needs to be so that it, it's, it's, full of the best light, right? It's full of the best light when you get to there. It's not like your story is going to change so dramatically, but it's like, let's get all that step into alignment for you and have, give it the real power it deserves. Absolutely. And to, to allow yourself to savor the phase that you're in. I think my whole life, I was always racing to the next phase. And now it's like, okay, I like my thirties. Like I like being at the beginning of my business and the start of all of this other beautiful stuff that's happening in my life. And I don't need to rush it. Um, and I'm so excited to share more about like both of our relationship stuff in the future. Mm-hmm. Cause I totally forgot about that aspect of me. I literally ran away from that relationship for a week and 
and didn't allow myself to think this is running away from a relationship. I like totally wrapped it up in the guise of like just wanting some solo time and like whatever. And I was truly like trying to run away from my partner at the time. So interesting. What has been like the greatest lesson or advice that like you you've learned like the biggest part that you've like you know healed or or gone through and what would you say to others about that Mm. I think it's a toss-up between no choice that you make is fatal and Mm -hmm. it's all going to be okay which is basically just approaching that same belief two different angles but what wherever you are right now you are on your path and in your story Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Where you are is okay. And it's all going to be okay. And that was the message that PB always used to bring me in my dreams. Um, and generally right before somebody in my life died, um, I would have that dream. Which is a big thing. That's like, <laughs> as, especially as a child, like losing my grandparents and um, my nanny and like just people that were really big in my life. Um, yeah. Having her come to me and, and saying, it's going to be okay. And um, I remember you saying like, that you, you still kind of felt that little bit of distrust or not distrust, but like apprehension to connecting with PB because at that point she had really kind of only come through right before these really dramatic, you know, deaths for your family and, 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 you know, kind of warning you about these big shifts and moments in your life, but in a way that was like, hi, I'm the bearer of bad news, but it's okay. You know, yes. it's kind of like, and you're like, no one really wants to talk to you, but here you are. You know, yeah. it's yeah, like, she's like the most beautiful grim reaper that ever happened. Yes. She always it's like, very distressed. <laughs> like the, like Parks and Rec, I feel like, um, the, the, the team combination of, um, Ben Wyatt and what's his name and Chris Traeger, where Chris oh Traeger is like, Hey, uh, we have some, <laughs> we have some bad news, but yes. Ben's like, yeah, your grandma died. <laughs> And he's like, mm-hmm. everything's okay. Like, everything's great. What? It's going to be okay. Wait, it's, what? That's, that's such a beautiful, yeah, that's such a beautiful connection. I love it. Um, yeah, so that, and then no choice is fatal. Like, I think I was paralyzed for so much of my life by thinking, like, I'm stuck with this choice, and it's going to dictate the whole rest of my life. And like, yeah, you might make some choices that really dictate a long period of your life, but there is no choice that you can make that you can't shift tracks on. Yes. You can marry somebody and say, nope, this was a mistake and Mm -hmm. shift your track. And in fact, I think that most of those things that end up happening to us, we needed them to happen. Anything that's happening in your life is a lesson. Mm -hmm. As, As hard of a lesson as that may be, as frustrating of a reality as that may be. Um, you know, I have a hard time reconciling it when it comes to abuse and, you know, things like rape and all of that. Like, I don't understand fully how that is a part of somebody's journey necessarily, mm-hmm. but I do understand that we need those experiences in some soulful level to move forward in our lives. And um, I, I don't, I don't believe like evil and harm is kind of what the world was set out to do. But I do think that there are a lot of really disconnected people that end up using abuse and harm and negative things to get what they want in this material space. And I think that's where the biggest like clash is. But I really do believe like if you're looking at making a choice of like moving across the country or who to be with or what job to take, or do you want to end a friendship? 
none of those choices that you make are fatal. Like Mm -hmm. you will make the right choice for yourself and you can always shift. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's given me so much freedom to just say, okay, cool. Yeah. I'm going to make this choice. I'm going to do this thing. And like, if it blows up in my face, it blows up in my face and I learned something. Um, The main message that I took away from, from your RTT session and like from um, PB was um, when we were like in the garden and they said, you are loved always and in all ways. And it's like, yes, when that's your baseline, when you know that with your core, when you feel connected to that knowingness, it's like mm-hmm. everything is possible. You, you know, Abraham will say, you, you can't get it wrong and, you'll, and it will never be done, you know, or whatever yeah. like that. And it's like, yeah, that's, it's, all, it's all within that, that foundation. Absolutely. And I think when you can accept that love and when you can start loving yourself in that way, like even the parts of myself that I know I want to change, like I still love me. I love that I move really fast because it means that I can get through some stuff that might take people all day in a morning. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's all about using those different parts of yourself. Like every part of you is worthy and good. You yes. just have to learn what volume to have it on. Yes. Like, and that's what you're constantly playing with in life. So what does alignment feel like to you or what does that mean to you of being in alignment? Um, alignment feels like alignment feels like waking up at like the perfect amount of time on a Sunday morning. Like you slept in enough, but you know, it's like still early enough where you can Mm -hmm. like have a cup of coffee and sit on your porch or sit on your couch and just like enjoy. And it's just like warm and cozy. And it just feels like you have space for everything that's coming. Um, and it, yeah, I just, I love, I love getting into that space. And then by getting into alignment, I'm able to um, really focus on what is coming next for me and what, what feels right to do in that time. So like when I can get in an aligned space, I generally really quickly can feel like, okay, this is where I should lead today. Like I'm going to restructure my workflow because I'm really feeling inspired to do this in this moment. Or it's that perfectly aligned action this was, okay, this is such a perfect example of alignment. So the other morning I knew I needed to cancel my flights back home to Michigan for a wedding because um, we're choosing to drive now just because it's safer. So I had in my like to-do list a reminder to cancel um, the flights for sometime this week. And I put reminders on my phone that like pop up at times when I think like I'll have the space to do it. Um, and I was such up, a great idea, <laughs> such a good and organized like idea right there. I'm, I'm very type A. Um, and I woke up and I took, like took a shower and I was getting ready and I thought I should call United right now. And it was like 730 on a Tuesday. It's like, I should call United right now. And so I did, I just like picked up the phone, turned off the podcast, called United and was like brushing my hair and on hold. And I was only on hold for five minutes. The phone call was total 15 minutes long. I talked to a real person the whole time and I got my vouchers and like everything was done and it was not a pain in the butt. And I had been dreading making that call because I was like, I'm going to be on hold forever. Flights are such a mess because of COVID. Like this is just going to be awful. And then after I hung up the phone with them, like 20 minutes later, the alert went off to call United. And I'd like totally forgotten what day that I had scheduled that for, but it was just such a beautiful moment of like, yep, you have the time and space right now to do it. 
just do it and see how quickly it flows. Like just let yourself fall into it. And in alignment, it's like saying they're ready. Like they're ready right now. You know, they have the time to talk. They have the time to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> Get yeah. in line. Exactly. Like yeah. you can be on the phone with a real person. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So that's, I love playing with alignment with that kind of stuff. Cause it's just, it's so fun to see how it pops up. All right. So I think that this, we'll see this might be our last question and we'll end sure. on, on kind of a fun note. What's okay. your favorite or most fun thing that you've manifested? Ooh. Um, my dog, Jack. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Yay. Um, so I, I moved out here two years ago and, um, manifested that job. We could talk about that another time, but, um, I think Jack is the most fun thing I've ever manifested. Cause I, when I got the job and I knew I was moving out here, I immediately started looking for a dog mm. through the shelters out here. And I knew I always wanted like kind of a sheep dog or like a little like Aussie shepherd or something like that. I always wanted kind of like the ranch dog. And I kept seeing this one and she kept getting returned. And I was like, okay, that's probably a sign. Like she wasn't getting adopted for a long time. And then she would always come back with like another caveat of like, this is kind of a difficult dog. And I was like, okay, but she's really cute. Um, And then one night I was laying in bed out here, like a month after I moved here and I got on the pet finder app and I said, okay, universe, I'm going to scroll. And when I open my eyes, I will see my dog. And I just closed my eyes and scrolled and opened my eyes. And there was Jack's picture. He had just been put up for adoption that day. Oh my I gosh. immediately called them and left a voicemail because it was like 10 o'clock at night. And I was like, I need to meet JJ immediately. That was his name at the shelter. And um, yeah, they actually found him in the national park. He had been abandoned. He had been abused. Like he was a little bit of a mess. Like his nickname still is Trauma Jack because he just has some quirks about him. Um, but he and I are great together. And like, he's such a beautiful mirror for my own things that I need to work on. And like the traumas that I still carry with me. And like you, well, you've seen him when we did our RTG mm-hmm. session, when I do anything spiritual, he is like right next to me. Mm-hmm. Like when I meditate, he puts his head in my lap. Um, he like was literally looking over me during the RTT session, like making sure I was good. Yeah. I love like, like I'm instantly getting like a mirror to dating, right? Like through your dog, like here, this dog is going to homes and homes and homes and, you know, having it not work out and having to come back, like having to come back to the shelter, like not having it work out. And isn't that like the same thing that we do through dating, right? Where we're like trying out different relationships and it's not to say that like, we're a bad dog right? We're not a bad dog. It just wasn't the right fit. And here until you can find like the right fit, you and, you know, Jack and Whitney, you Mm -hmm. guys together, it's like, oh, that's the right fit. And that's what you can keep. And it's not like, you're not saying, well, no, I'm not going to choose him because all these other people weren't the right fit for him. Well, that, That was a different dog, actually. Oh, so, so yeah, Jack was just, he was a one time posting up there. Um, but he, I honestly feel like he was like meant to be here because he was either mm. abandoned in the park or he jumped out of his car. Like mm. that's so those are like the two options because they just found him on the side of the road in the national park, like busted up and broken teeth. And um, yeah, but he, but I love that analogy of like coming back because I do feel like he has a lot of the same fears that I do in dating that I've mm. worked through. And like, it's funny because I'll start, I might be a little nervous or something or kind of be acting funny around Greg and Greg will be like, what's wrong with you? Like, why are you 
like anxious right now because you're like you're being like Jack. Like, Greg is your partner. Your your yeah, Greg's my partner. partner. Yeah, Greg is my. <laughs> I don't know partner. that we've used him by <laughs> name yet in this I episode. <laughs> I just wanted to just like lay that out there. Yes, Greg is not a dog. He's a human. Um, <laughs> we are. We live together. Um, but yeah, Jack is Jack's my little buddy, and I named him after my grandpa. Um, because yeah. Because my grandpa was the one that lived out here that loved this place. So. Which is really and, sweet. Yeah. And when I got him, I honestly, I had like basically decided I'm probably not getting married anytime soon and not having kids anytime soon. So this is my chance to name something after my grandfather. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. And I'm glad I did. My little buddy. So nice. Well, we have, you know, so much more to dive into about you and about, you know, your messy path and um, there's so much more juicy details into the relationships and, and, you know, what that felt like the time where you ran away, you know, mm. we, we talked a lot about the grand Teton and that breakup, but we'll, we'll, we'll be developing more about those stories and those details, like as we move forward. Um, but today we really just wanted to, to get to know you a little bit about your journey, a little bit about your, your spiritual beliefs and development and, um, I love knowing you. So I like, you know, I, I know we've said this, but like we just became friends since the pandemic, which I think is amazing. We're like pandemic we, live, health. Yeah. we live on opposite sides of, of the country. We just get together online and it's amazing. And I'm like, yay, my new friend, Whitney. <laughs> and so I hope that everyone listening feels a little bit like that today as well because you are a wonderful and beautiful soul and I am very happy to have you part of my life. Thank you. I am so happy to have met you and to yeah. be doing this. And I can't wait to like turn the tables and interview you and get into all the <laughs> nitty gritty of your spiritual growth because your story is so amazing too. I love it. Well sheesh, you know it doesn't feel like that, but there it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> it's a very beautiful story too for okay. sure. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Whitney, for, for being so open and vulnerable and sharing so much of your truth and your journey and your messy path. And we look forward to continuing on this journey with all of you. Yay. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to connect with us on Instagram or online, you can find our details in the show notes. And remember, the, the mess, mess is the is journey. The journey.